Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. So um, this morning, my message is entitled uh, Deconstructing a Dream. So just prior to your Dream Sunday uh, next week, I thought I'd kind of get in a little bit in advance. Is that okay? So uh, let's just pray before we come around the word. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for this word. I pray, Lord God, that you would make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer, ready to speak and articulate word, your word in such a way that brings hope, that brings faith, and brings liberty. I pray, Lord God, that every person here in this message here this morning, Lord God, would be uh, saturated with your presence and be empowered by your spirit to go out and do that which you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, Habakkuk. 2 and verse 1 says this. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he, the Lord, will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. It's really important to it. Be open to feedback, right? (laughs) Then the Lord answered me and said, I love this, ready? Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. I'm going to give you all three of my points up front. Is that okay? And then you can figure out where they match along the way. Ready? So here are my three points based from this text. Now, I believe... In this text I just read, there are hundreds of ideas and concepts you can actually use to elevate your life. I'm going to give you just three that I was able to grab from here. Ready? We've got to plan for it, speaking of our vision. We've got to, number two, pursue it. Number three, we've got to protect it. Plan for it, pursue it, and protect it. Now, if you have a pen and piece of paper, I'd encourage you to take notes. If you have a phone that you can take notes on, I encourage you to do that. But if you do take notes on your phone, can you do me this favour? Just put it on airplane mode so you're not distracted by every notification that comes in on your phone. Um, But I'd I'd encourage you to do that. Ready? Write the vision and make it plain. Notice it says write the vision. It doesn't say write the past. It doesn't say write the pain. It doesn't say write the problem. It says write the vision. Listen. I'm sorry to do this up front, but can, can we just get into this this morning? Is that okay? I know this might sound a little bit tough, but I think some of you really need to hear this. Ready? At some point in your life, your past has to become your past. You cannot allow it to keep seeping into your present and keep polluting your future. Some of you are still tripping over stuff that's behind you. It's over now. You have to let it go. Why? Because if you don't let your past die... It's going to let you live. And some people keep dragging it. It's like this dead corpse that's chained to their leg. 
They keep dragging this thing everywhere they go. And they wonder why their present stinks and why they can't run unhindered towards their future. Did I describe that sufficiently enough? Don't write down your past. Write down the vision. You've been so focused on where you've been and your past that you can't stretch for where you're going. What if I told you that your future is going to be better than your past? Would you even believe me? No, I'm serious. Your future is going to be better than your past. Now listen, I saw this even in my own family. You know when we moved from Sydney to Brisbane just over two years ago, the first six months, i got to tell you, was a little bit difficult, to say the least. Why? Because my kids were pining for the past. You know, and you know, back in the day when you left a place, you left. Unless someone took the time to write you a letter, <laughs> you never heard from anybody. But my kids, every afternoon when they got home from their new school, were on FaceTime <laughs> or Instagram or Facebook, reliving old memories. And Facebook actually sends you a memory <laughs> of your past to make sure that you remain hostage to it. <laughs> Listen, obstacles, misfortune. But i got to tell you this. As, as soon as my kids started to actually focus on their future, new friendships came, a new joy came, a, a new potential for their future came into their world. But you can't do that if you're stuck in your past. Listen, obstacles, misfortunes, unexpected suffering is sadly a part of the human condition. I mean, think about this. Ready? Um, what's the first book of the Bible? Oh, sorry, sorry. What's the first book ever written in the Bible? Job, right? So think about this. Right from the onset, God wanted us to know the first narrative, the first um, God-inspired narrative that came to us was a book about a man who went through enormous trouble and struggle. So God wants us to know that life is full of this. Um, and if you're going to um, overcome, if you're going to go over the trauma that you experience over and over in your mind, and if that helps you, then do that. <laughs> but if it doesn't help you, it's time to move on. And listen, moving on could involve counselling, it could involve forgiveness. It could be asking for support. Listen, I love what Annie Lamont said. She said, not forgiving is like drinking rat poisoning and then waiting for the rat to die. <laughs> some people, some of us need to forgive others. But sometimes it's a situation we need to forgive. Do you know how long it took me to get over that I had to actually forgive the pandemic? what it took from me in terms of my business and my family. Sometimes it's not a person. Sometimes it's a situation yeah. in your world that you actually have to f f forgive. And listen, can I, let me be really blunt again. Is, is this okay? Yeah. Can I just keep it at 100? Yeah. The, the person that hurt you, honestly, probably doesn't deserve forgiveness. Let's be honest. But you know what? You still need to forgive them. And you know why? Because you deserve peace. Yeah. we got to lay it down like I sang this morning, and surrender. Where are you going to lay it down? Listen, shifting your perspective and taking the high view is not an easy road. Yeah, yeah. The easier path would be to remain bitter. 
However, growth requires change. It requires moving in to new and un un uncomfortable ways. It takes effort, it takes consistency, but the rewards are endless. Listen, I, I turned 50 this year, right, in September, and my wife gave me this ring uh, from my, um, for my birthday. And on this ring, it's like one of my favourite scriptures, and it says, Philippians 3.13, ready? I do not, it's by Paul, he said, I do not consider myself yet to take him hold of it. He's, he's up front. I haven't got this right yet. I'm still trying to get this right, but this is what I'm trying to do. Ready? I am forgetting what he says, but this one thing I do. Everyone say one. one. The one thing I do, I forget what is behind me and I reach, one translation says, I strain towards what is ahead of me and I press towards the goal of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Now listen, I love Paul, but clearly he was no good at maths. Because <laughs> he said this one thing I do. I don't know if you were counting, but there were three things mentioned there. Forgetting, reaching, and pressing. But then I realized, hang on a second, this has to actually be all one action. Yeah. I can't reach unless I forget. Yeah. And I can't press unless I'm reaching for something. It's actually all one action. Forgetting what is behind and reaching to what is before, I press towards the mark of the high calling in Jesus. Write the vision. Not the obstacle, not the need, but the vision. Now listen, I know in talking about vision, for some people this can be a little bit um, exhausting and, and debilitating. Can, can we just be real here in church? Is, is for some people, it actually uh, really is. But um, for instance, consider yourself. Um, you, this might be you. You're a year of 9, 10 student, and you feel done. You feel like the end of school seems so far away, and you just want to go back to bed. <laughs> or you're a mum, and you've got your kids have totally drained all your strength and energy. And thinking about the future makes you even more exhausted. Yeah. Or you're a business person. The last few years have been hard, and this year feel like, feels like it's just going to be more and more of the same. Or you're an employee, and, and you feel like work has become a prison sentence, and you've got nothing, and you're running low on energy, and you feel empty. But I, if you fall into any of those categories, and there's a hundred more just like that, I came to tell you that if you feel like you have nothing and you feel like your tank is depleted, that the cupboards in the fridge are empty, I'm come here to tell you that you only need a little bit of oil. <laughs> you only need a seed of faith. You only need... Do you know what God can do with a little boy's lunch? You only need a little. And if you can take that little strength that you have and add it to God... He can do much. So write the vision for your family. Write the vision for that book. Write the, business, the vision for that new business idea and make a plan. Where do you want to be in five years' time or ten years' time? And some of you might be saying, well, hang on a second. I just want to be here doing what I'm doing right now. And that's awesome. But you want to be there in five years' time with more joy, more hope, more faith, more strength, and more optimism. So what is your plan for that? Write the vision and make it plain. Clarity is so important. Because you know what? It's a lack of clarity 
that, that creates chaos and frustration. And if you feel like your life is in chaos, if you feel like you're frustrated all the time, that's maybe because you don't have, haven't got clarity about who you are, why you're here, and where you're going. Now, the dictionary definition of a vision is this. Ready? It says this. The act or power of perceiving, I love this, what is not present to the eye, whether by some supernatural endowment or natural intellectual acuteness. Isn't that awesome? But I want to focus on those first four words. Ready? The act or power. Because that kind of messed me up. Because I thought, what does power have to do with vision? Then I got it. Ready? Having a vision will literally (laughs) empower you. It's like putting a jet engine inside a Hyundai XL. (laughs) Having a vision will drive you like a magnet towards your dreams and goals. You know what I find? It's not lack of motivation that is debilitating. It's lack of vision. In certain areas, you're motivated. (laughs) But because you lack... In fact, can I go a little bit deeper? Do you know why so many high school students today have no ideas what they want to do when they finish school? Do you know why that is? It's called the paradox of choice, right? You've all heard this before, yes? Some choice is good. Too much choice is? Isn't it amazing how we all know that too much choice is bad? <laughs> Let me explain it like this. When I was five years of age, it was really, really easy for me to buy a pair of jeans. My mum would take me to the jeans store. She'd go, the lady behind the counter, she'd say, he's five. Can we have a pair of jeans, please? The lady would go to the rack, pull out a size five pair of jeans. I'll go in and try them on. I'd come out and say, mum, they fit. My mum would pay the money, we'd walk out, the process would take five minutes. I went to General Pants recently in Sydney to buy a new pair of jeans. I got up to the girl behind the counter and said, hey, listen, I need a new pair of jeans. Can you help me out? She says to me, yeah, sure, so what would you like? Button fly, zip fly, baggy, extra baggy, slim fit, extra slim fit. Would you like a pair of Diesel, Subies, Levi's, Lee's, Trulid? What colour would you like them in? She gives me, I'm not kidding you, 56 choices. Then she goes to the rack. You know the rack that's piled to hide the jeans? You know the ladder to come up to reach them? She pulls out for me, I'm not kidding you, 18 pairs of jeans. Comes over to me and says, here, sir, try these ones on, see which ones you like. I spend the next three and a half hours trying, I'm confused. I don't know which ones I like, which one. After three and a half hours, I finally make a decision. I pay the money, I walk out. Do you know all I'm thinking about then for like the next five weeks is? (laughs) Did I choose the right pair? Some choice is good, too much choice is. Now can I tell you why a lot of high school students today have no idea what they want to do when they finish school? The fear of making the wrong choice paralyzes them, so they don't make any choice at all. Listen, is it easier to steer a car when the car is moving or when it's stationary? Moving, here's what I encourage you to do. In the next 10 seconds, like your life depends on that, make a decision about a vision. I don't care even if it's wrong. As a student, you could go architecture. Far easier to to, to turn towards interior design or engineering if you're moving. If you're stuck, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you're moving, that creates momentum and motivation. And momentum is get moving somewhere. You've got to start to build. Because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing. And you've got to also ask yourself, what sort of... um, when you're writing your vision, what sort of year is this going to be for you? Because you know what everyone wants? And it's very much in Christian circles, ready? Everyone wants this. They want their best year ever. (laughs) And we have all these mantras, ready? We're going to do more in 2024. (laughs) I'm going to roar in 2024. 
There's going to be open doors in 2024. Can I give you another one? The ceiling is going to be my floor in 2024. Or I'm going to work on my core in 2024. Or um, what? here's another one. I don't want to be poor in 2024. But can I, can I t- t- tell you something? And again, I'll just keep it 100 for you. Ready? Having your best year yet is actually not grounded. Every year is not grounded in reality. Why? Because that's not achievable without preparation. <laughs> Life is lived in seasons and in cycles. Seasons change with time. Yes? For instance, depression is a season. It's not a life sentence. It's, a, it's not going to last. It's a season. So it changes with time. Um, but some cycles change, however, when you change. And some of us are just caught up in a cycle year after year after year. And we wonder why nothing changes. For instance, complaining all the time is a cycle. And it only changes when you change. Negative thinking is a cycle. Being stuck in your past is a cycle. And those things will only change when you change. So can I give you a framework of how you need to plan and deconstruct your vision? Um, It's this, ready? Ask yourself, is this a sowing year for me? Is this a year of plowing the ground and learning a new skill? Do I need to learn a new way to market my business? Do I need to work on my confidence this year and really plow the ground? Do I need to work out how AI can be used in my workplace more effectively? Is this a year of learning and sowing for me? Does that make sense? If it's not a year of sowing, it might be a year of sampling for you. This is where you're experimenting with lots of new ideas. If it's not a year of sowing or sampling, maybe it might be a strengthening year for you. This is a year where you turn all your pressure into power. This is a year where you work on your emotional, physical, uh, psychological strength. When you get a mentor, a trainer, and you dig deep, it's a strengthening year for you. Maybe it's a, a structural year for you. Um, that's a year where you're building frameworks and strategizing for growth. You're building systems into your workplace or your business. Or even as a, as, as a mum, you're building structure into how am I going to make like all these lunches every morning? <laughs> I don't want to keep in July trying to keep going through the same sort of thing. How can I build some structure so I can make this thing work? Does that make sense? If it's not a sewing year, if it's not a sampling year, if it's not a strengthening year, or a structural year, then maybe it might just be a surging year for you. A year of growth and a, a, a year of um, moving forward. But you need, and we all know this, right? You need a different skill set for every stage that you're in. If you're sewing, you know what you need? Patience. You're learning new stuff. It's going to be hard. You're going to experience some failure along the way, right? If, you, if it's a strengthening year for you, what do you need? You need commitment, consistency. If it's a structural year for you, oh, sorry, if it's sampling year for you, you need curiosity. If it's a structural year, you need wisdom, you need data, you need frameworks. And if it's a surging year, then you need humility. I mean, think about this, ready? The crucifixion of Christ, was it an execution or was it an offering? Well, it really just deter- it depends on your... Per- perception right we need to reframe our year and work out what is this year going to be for us and once we reframe it we come at it from a place of power because we know what this year is now for some people you could be um 
sew in for the first three months, then sampling, then strengthen and instruct. You get all five of those areas in one year. But you've got to set yourself up for growth. Okay, now, number two, that was, that was planning. Number two is pursuing from this text in Habakkuk. Ready? Uh, you've got to pursue it. And can I, I'm going to just give you a little bit of advice here. Ready? Don't try and overhaul your entire life in one day or in one year. It, it's not going to work. Instead of doing more in 2024, maybe we need to do less. Most people today, let's be honest, are too busy to be brilliant. I'm, like, I'm not kidding you. You know most young people today are spending on average four to five hours a day on their phone. You're too busy to be brilliant. I was, I was running PD sessions for teachers um, all this week. I had a mum come up to me, mum of three kids, come up to me and said this. So, Glenn, you won't believe this, but um, I, added all the, um, I added all the text messages I received. I, I've got a mum of, I'm a mum of three kids, and I'm on three WhatsApp parents groups. I receive, on average, anywhere between 70 to 90 messages a day. You're too busy to be brilliant. You know what we need to do? We need to do less and obsess. Does that make sense? Because we can't take in all the information. In today's world, we need to learn how to ignore massive amounts of information and focus on the things that we can actually change and focus on the things that we can actually do. For instance, um, you know these stats, ready? 80% of people fail to keep their New Year's resolutions by February. 80% 80% have already failed by Feb. And eight, only 8% actually stick with them for the entire year. Why? Because they're trying to do more. Work on one thing. If it's your health, right, and you want to get your health up and, up and going, don't try and exercise and eat well at the same time. <laughs> That's too hard. Just do one or just try and exercise well. Or just try and exercise for like one minute a day. That's what you have to focus on. And if you can do that one minute a day for three months, then you're ready to go for two minutes a day. (laughs) Do less and obsess. In terms of your eating, like, you know, don't try and get every meal right. Just try and get breakfast right. (laughs) Do that for three months. And once you've nailed breakfast and it's become a habit for you, then aim for lunch. Do less... If you just got breakfast right, do you know the difference that would make in your world? Most people have too many refined carbohydrates and too much sugar in the morning, and it's spiking their insulin levels for the rest of the day. So instead of burning fat, all they're doing is burning glucose. Is this okay that we get practical at church? Because there is, there is a thing that we never talk about. It's called gluttony. Why don't we have messages more on... Anyway, sorry. Okay, so do one thing. And focus on that, right? And um, so you gotta uh, pursue it, ready? And when you pu- when when you pursue it, um, commit to mastery or excellence in one area of, of, of your life, ready? Too many people are trying to take it. I don't care what it is, whether it's dance, whether it's learning martial arts, whether it's a musical instrument. And that may not be the thing that you ultimately do, but it might be the thing that leads you to the thing. Gain discipline in one area. Because you know what I've learned? If I've if I've gotten discipline in one area, you know what that gives me? Um, wisdom. Yeah. And with wisdom, I can make better decisions as to what I should do next. Yeah. But if you don't gain discipline in any area, then how are you learning, gaining wisdom? Yeah. Yeah. So try and do that. 
Most people, let's be honest, are not ruining their lives, but they are wasting them. Number three is this. Um, protect. Ready? Protect. I've got to go a little bit faster. <laughs> okay. I want to use um, Joseph as the backdrop for this next portion of this message. Um, and I love Joseph. Apart from Jesus, he's my favorite character in the Bible. And if you've not read the story of Joseph, this is your homework. You need to read Genesis 37 to 50. Genesis 30. I'm telling you, if you do this this week, it will inspire you. It will motivate you. It will keep you moving forward. If you've read it before, read it again. Because I guarantee there's stuff that you missed. Just Genesis 37. And you know, this amazes me because this story occupies more space in the first book of the Bible than, than the story of creation, than Abraham, than Noah, than, Noah, than Isaac, than even his father Jacob. This is a very, very important character in the Bible, and we need to familiarize ourselves with it. Why? Because he lived a life high above the common reactions of today's modern world. High above rage, high above resentment, high above revenge. I mean, honestly, you spend 30 minutes with a driver of a car, and you will see all those three things. <laughs> rage, resentment, and revenge. In any Uber driver, any t- if you're in there for 30 minutes, I promise you, you'll see all those. And Joseph lived above all those things. What's God trying to teach us through his life? And he deliberately chose to overlook unfair offenses, overcame enormous obstacles, and modeled a virtue that is fast becoming lost in our hostile age, and that is forgiveness. I'm going to read you one verse. Your homework is to read from 37 all the way to 50. I'm just going to read you one verse. Ready? Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. You've got to protect your dream. What are the challenges to your dream? Very, very quickly in the short time I have, I'm going to give you four main challenges to your dream. Ready? Number one is this, people. Now, there are two types of people that are going to attempt to um, steal your dream and steal your hope from you. Ready? First type is this. Ready? Uh, People that love you. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about your partner, I'm talking about your kids, I'm talking about your parents, I'm talking about people who actually, genuinely love you. I'm not saying they don't love you. I'm not saying they don't deeply care for you. I'm saying they do love you and they do care, but you better be aware that even these people will attempt to steal your vision yeah. for this year. How, how will it happen? It's going to happen something like this, right? You're going to go home um, this afternoon to your partner, to your parents, someone in your world who really cares about you, uh, a relative, a friend. And you're going to say to them, and they're going to ask you, oh, how was church this morning? You're going to say to them something like this. But you know what? This crazy bald-headed brown man came to speak to us. And he started talking about visions and goals and plans and protection. And, and you know, I've got this vision now in my heart from, from um, the text that he read and what I believe God spoke to me. And you, you go in there with enthusiasm and inspired. You know what they're going to say to you? They're going to look at you after you share your vision with them. They're going to go, oh, you know what? <laughs> that's really awesome. <laughs> I think that's great. But you know what? You know I really love you, right? <laughs> you know I care about you. It's just when I hear about this, listen, I just don't want you, after listening to that guy this morning, to now go and get your... Laser. Apparently you've heard that before. <laughs> you know the number one reason I actually came here today? Number one reason I wrote a book called Get Your Hopes Up? Because my goal here today is actually get your hopes up. Yeah. And you know why? Because I did some research. Do you know why so many young people in our nation take their life? It's because they lose hope. Yeah. Do you know why so many people give up on their dream? I don't want you to ever lose hope. In fact, as for me, I would actually rather die hopeful yeah. than die hopeless. 
all the way to the end, I want you to live with hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believe that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I had a guy come up to to where I was at. This guy comes up to me, shakes his finger in my face just after I've spoken and says this. He says, you know what? I think what you do is cruel. I said, why? He said, you can't go around giving all these people hope. can't go around telling them they can achieve their dreams. I said, why is it cruel? He says, what if they fail? I was like, give me a break. What if they succeed? And I'm sorry, but I get far too many emails from people all across the planet telling me that they've used these principles in the Word of God and gone out and made their dream become a reality. I've got far too that hun- thousands of them. Yeah. They said in this, I said, listen, once the, once the emails stop coming, I'll stop speaking. Yeah, but I know giving people hope empowers them to do things they never thought was possible. Yeah. Yeah. You can't deal with this failure thing just once and for all. Like seriously, when you fail, right? Not if, but when. Do when it doesn't work out. Do when everything falls apart. Here's what I want you to do. Ready? Just do this. Pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, and try again. But what if I fail twice? What if I go after this vision, this dream, this business? And f- f- what, what should I do then? Well, listen, if you give it two decent attempts, like full on, and you still fail, then fair enough. My advice completely changed, right? Definitely something more like this, yeah? Pick yourself back up, <laughs> dust yourself off, and try again. Yeah. What about three times or four or five? What if I, hey, what if I write 114 letters to all these businesses asking them to sponsor my youth center and I fail 114 times? What would you advise me to do then? Well, you know what? If you ever get to a point where you fail 114 times in pursuit of your dream, like I failed in, 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 in 114 times in terms of mine, then here's what I want you to do. Ready? Just do this. Pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, and try again. Why? Because you don't ever give up on your dream. You don't ever quit. You don't ever surrender. Why? Because if you believe it's your God-given purpose, then you actually never stop. Yeah. Read the book of Joseph, yeah. the book of Genesis, and read about this character, Joseph, and how many obstacles he had to encounter and go through, how many failures he had to experience. Yeah. And you'll start to realize that it doesn't always all go to plan. There's this old Silicon Valley motto, and it goes like this, ready? Fall often, fall forward, um, fall often, fall early, fall forward. (laughs) Fall often, fall early, fall forward. You've got to constantly be running towards the dream that God has for you. Um, And and please, the second type of person, ready? Second type of person I'm trying to steal your dream is, of course, people that don't love you. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about your 2,000 friends on social media. (laughs) I'm talking to people who don't even really care. Listen, for goodness sake, pay no attention to those people. Ready? Um, not every follower is a friend. I mean, honestly, if you have... Seriously? See this number here? If you have that many real friends your whole entire life, I'm actually talking about actual, genuine people whom you can share your hopes and dreams, fears and insecurities with that will not judge you. If you have that many friends, then honestly, you're doing well above average. Not every follower is a friend. And in 1 Corinthians, it says this. Ready? Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And some of us have been corrupted by the associates that we have on social media. Constantly. It's literally corrupting our mind. When all you see is that, we wonder why so many people today are struggling. Um, there's this... Um, Listen, there's this um, old computer game. No one really seems to play it anymore. 
but it's called um, so it's called um, Angry Birds. <laughs> I've never heard of it before. Angry Birds was started by a company in Finland. It was a 50-second game that they created. Can anybody in this room name any one of their first 51 creations? No, you couldn't because all dismal failures. Can I be honest with you? If you had 52 goes at something, you'd probably create something world-class as well. But to be honest, most of us don't have a second attempt, let alone a third or a fourth. Okay. Um, you know when I started my first business? I, I was 12 years of age. At 12 years of age, I learned. My dad took me to a wholesale food place. And I learned if I bought a whole big bag of lollies, I could bag them up into smaller bags and sell them for 10 times the price. <laughs> so I went door-to-door -door sales as a 12-year-old boy, right? I would go and knock on... My goal was to knock on 100 people's... If I knocked on 100 people's doors, 75 people would say to me, no, go away, you stupid little boy, I don't want to buy your lollies. But 25 would say yes. Of those 25 that said yes, I was earning way more than my 12-year-old friends. You want know to learn this? I didn't make a million dollars at 12. You know what I learned? I learned how to reject rejection. I learned the business is a numbers game. You don't have to have everybody <laughs> buy your product. You just need a handful of people and you can do well. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Then at 16, I started a DJ company. I had all these albums. I didn't have the turntables and speakers. I learned I could hire the turntables and speakers for $150. I would charge a school $500 to DJ their school social. So all my friends back in the day were earning six bucks an hour at McDonald's. I would have earned 350 bucks doing three hours work, doing something I actually love. You know what I learned as a six-year-old boy? Because I told the hire company, I can't pay you till the school pays me. Once the school pays me, I'll give you your cut of $150. You know what I learned as a six-year-old boy? I learned you can start a business with no money. Hey. So it came to building a youth centre at 22 with no money. I go, I've done this before. <laughs> then I became an author, now a content creator and a speaker. You're just going to keep evolving. Does that make sense? Keep moving forward. Uh, key number, um, second thing that we'll try whether you get to protect your dream from, is number two, life. Ready? Number two, life. Now, um, I've got a news flash for you. Ready? Um, and I'm sorry that I, I have to do this, but um, I don't know why. Um, but anyway, I, I think this will be helpful. Ready? I'm going to give you three simple words that I've, in the 50 years I've been alive, here's what I've learned. Ready? Life is unfair. <laughs> To everyone, I'm not kidding you. Would you agree with me that bad stuff does actually happen to good people? Yeah. It was unfair, I got an incurable disease. But life's unfair like that, right? You also learn, so learn this, ready? Life's unfair. Sometimes to your disadvantage, but then sometimes to your advantage. Hey, you know, I was in primary school growing up. Um, in the 80s, in an all-white school. I was the only brown kid in this all-white school. I got heaps of names colour of my skin. That was a really tough time, right? But now when a 14-year-old boy comes up to me and tells me he's been hassled, I now have the compassion and the empathy, empathy to sit down with him and talk him through it. Do you know I never would have got the compassion had I not experienced it myself? Hey, do you know when I was 15 and my mum and dad got divorced? That was a really tough time. But now when a 17-year-old girl comes up to me, tears crying, tell me her parents have just split up, she doesn't know who she's going to live with, I now have the compassion and the empathy to sit down with her and maybe cry with her. Do you actually know what that feels like? Yeah. Hey, you know the stuff I'm doing at the NRL? Fox Sports did this series on me. It's like a little television show. It's on the football players. They sent me a, a copy of the show, like a little documentary. I showed it to my dad, right? So look, Dad, I'm on Fox Sports. These are some of these players. Have a look, have a look. You know my dad's reaction was? Seeing his son, Fox Sports. My dad's reaction, ready? <laughs> mm. You know, my whole entire life, my father has never told me that he's proud of me, no matter what I've done. 
But my four kids, they get to hear it every single day. <laughs> Life's unfair, hey. Sometimes you're disadvantaged, but then sometimes you're advantage. Sometimes the way that you're right, you now know, hey, that's not the way it's right. You now have an opportunity to change things. The thing that was meant to destroy you actually does make you stronger. Life, right? It, it, it's un- Again, read the story of, of Joseph. Hey, I grew up in the 80s, right? And there's this, this really old philosopher uh, that really came to prominence during the 1980s. I don't know if any of you recognize him or are aware of him, but if you, if you do, I encourage you to read all of his books, see all the things he's involved with. Um, this guy really changed my life, ready? And that great philosopher that really impacted my life as a young boy growing up, during the 80s, was it a man by the name of? Rocky Balboa. <laughs> listen, I don't know if anyone here has ever seen a Rocky film. Anyone ever seen a Rocky film? Listen, in Rocky 6, right? Rocky is having some problems with his son. So he calls his son over his restaurant, who's all grown up, gives him some fatherly advice. Hey, before I leave, can I just give you some fatherly advice? Ready? It says this. It says, Yo, hey. Kumu, kumu, kumu. <laughs> Let me tell you something you already know. Life ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a really mean and nasty place out there. And it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. But the world The ability to pick yourself back up, <laughs> dust yourself off, and keep as you want. Life is going to throw you all sorts of curveballs. I'm sorry, can I give you the Bible version of this? Paul said this, ready? He said, I'm hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Don't let life steal your dreams. Number three, ready? I got it. Sorry, can I take two more minutes? Is, is, that, is that okay? Um, time. Um, time will steal your dream. I've no great, no great illustration to give you than this guy. Ready? 27 years, Nelson Mandela. 27 years, he was locked up in a prison that was two metres by two metres squared. Do, do you know what that look like on a calendar? Look like this. Ready? Here we go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, August, 1963, 1964, 1965. They beat him and tortured him, but he will not let go of this dream. 1976, 1978, 1980, 1981, 1982, 1983, 1984, 1985, 1996, 1999, 1990, then he went from prison to president. Now, if people come up to me and say, oh, you know, I, I gave it nine months. <laughs> you know, we really worked on it for two years. I had this idea. 27 years. Read about Joseph, right? How long he had to wait. He got that vision and how long he had to wait for that vision to come to pass. So don't you dare let time steal your dream. Um, Mexico City, 1968 Olympic Games. John Akawiri is in the marathon. He he's comes in 
two and a half hours after the last, his last, the second last person came in two and a half hours before him. It's out of the dank, think about this, out of the dank, dark, cold Mexico City night, this lone Tanzanian man comes out of the shadows. The lights of the stadium illuminate his presence. The officials go back. Officials go nuts. Get back, get back, back. There's someone still running. He comes in, does a last lap. They shower, change, refresh him. Then there's someone that blows my mind. They organise a press conference for this loser. I'm thinking, who wants to interview him, right? He's so far. Everyone, they decided to close down this, the, the um, stadium. But I'm such a fool. To my surprise, the press room is jam-packed full of reporters. And one reporter is brave enough to ask a question to everybody's lips. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Please let us know. Because in our westernised culture, we don't understand this. Um, why in the world did you keep running? Why don't you just quit? Why don't you just get give up you know when it all got too hard you know when no one was there to support you you and you're working and you're up in the middle of the night straining trying to make this thing work if you how why in the world kept, why in the world kept you going why don't you just capitulate and surrender this young tanzanian man he stands to his feet he looks her poor in the eye and he says this he says hey listen my country did not send me to mexico city to start the race they sent me here to finish you are not put on this planet to start a race. You are put here to finish one. Do you know having a destiny actually implies you have a destination to reach, a line to cross? There is something in you that this world needs. That gift you have is not for you. That is your gift back. We need you to do it because if you don't do it, then who's going to do it? Because no one can do it like you do it. No one can raise those kids like you can. No one can build that business like you can. No one can study and train and prepare. No one... You have a responsibility to your generation to be the very best that you can be. Yeah. Yeah. Now i got to close. So can I just do this? Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for this word. I thank you, Lord God, that this word continued to penetrate long before this day, long after this day is done. I pray, Lord God, that this word would saturate every part of our being. It would inspire us and motivate us and give us hope. We know, Lord God, that you are the God of hope. And we pray, Lord God, for that hope to reside in and help us, Jesus, to let go of our past, of the situations that have held us back from moving towards your divine plan and purpose for our lives. Help us to forgive. Help us to let go. Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, be with us as we leave this place. Empower us, Lord God, to do your will and carry out your plan and purpose. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.